Hi, this is Carol Miller from iHeartRadio's Q1043 in New York, hoping you and your families are well during this difficult period. This time on UK Radio, our podcast features interviews with future radio presenter Nigel Pierce, who is the author of the fantastic new book, The Apples of Our Eyes. We are Future Radio. On the line, as I promised, is uh, our own uh, radio presenter here uh, from Future Radio who presents Groove Britain. Uh, that's Nigel Pierce. Uh, we know that he's got a great interest in the Beatles. In fact, more than a great interest, a very, very great interest in the Beatles. Um, and he's just published a new book on the products of Apple. That was the, uh, the company founded by the Beatles in 1966, including the very famous record label, of course. Um, and of course, uh, you may not realise this, but it's 50 years ago today that the Beatles decided to call it a day uh, as uh, they were the world's greatest uh, band ever and uh, I think uh, uh, what I'm going to ask actually uh, Nigel about that because I think he'd probably say never surpassed Uh, but uh, Nigel welcome Welcome, Mike, and welcome, everybody. Nice to be back on the show again, just for, just as a guest of somebody else's. Well, yeah, I'd just like to say, I'm gonna, they always say, never ask a question you don't know the answer to that you're going to get. I'm going to ask you one of those questions. Have the Beatles ever been surpassed as the greatest band in the world? No. I thought you'd say that. Um, it's not only me, Mike. This is the whole point, and everybody else. Their the, the legacy, um, if it is a legacy, just gets stronger. Um, their influence gets stronger. Um, you're now into the fifth generation. That's the, that's the amazing thing. And I, you know, working with or was working with uh, young musicians, and they're still using Beatles songs as a tuition piece and inspiration. So I don't think no, they're never ever going to be surpassed. And when you look back at it from 1970, how many years have we seen compilations, new things? done with their catalogue and they continue to do so um it will never stop something else uh, um, that i'm sure you'll be able to expand upon is the influence that the beatles have had more broadly than what you were just saying in terms of the innovations their innovations that were then adopted uh, in music more widely and are still there today well you should know that as well mike because you very well sat with two or three reviews we did a revolver sergeant pepper and let it be three or four years ago and that was the very point that you made yourself because you're into the modern independent um music yet you still you know are looking back and using today as a piece of computer software um concepts and inventions that the Beatles put in by hand during the heady days of the 60s yeah like playing a tape backwards for example they were the first to do it and you know how often does that happen you know it still happens to this day um and sampling, I suppose you'd call it today, uh, some of it. Sampling, flanging, using revolving, climbing speakers, backward tapes, um, speeding up backward tapes, bringing forward, uh, playing forward tapes, slowing down, this kind of thing, basic electronics. And don't forget, they had to do it by hand because it mm. hadn't been done before, and now they're pieces of software on a, on a board, on a computer, in a studio. You can click that and you can revolve a speaker. You can alter a... Um, a phrase, you can alter a tone, you can change an instrument from a guitar to a harpsichord to whatever. They had to do it by hand, but it's it's all part of what they did. You can do in seconds or minutes now what would have taken hours um, back then using little bits of tape. Um, So... And and and, that, and and the legacy lives on and, um, as you say, never surpassed. Now, Apple was the company that they set up. I remember the Apple record label being set up just. I'm just about old enough to, to do that. They also had a clothing store. I think it was on Savile Row. I think that's right. Um, so tell us about the Apple company and why it was so special. 
Well, it was started really, um, I'm not going to go into uh, the politics, they were started at the time because they were paying too much tax, and they actually really, really might consider leaving England. It was that bad. Um, you touched upon this when you did your revolver thing uh, four or five years ago. But the point was they had to offset the tax payments. They had to spend so much money in England. So they set up a company, which was Apple, the Apple Foundation for the Arts. That's what it was originally. And then that spawned Apple Records, Apple Publishing, Apple Music, Apple Books, Apple Films, Apple Electronics, Apple Retail, uh, and so on. So, you know, all, all these ideas came from there. But it really was to move in a different direction with the music industry and um, enhance their so-called liberating freedom, I think is the phrase that one could use. And presumably in, in terms of the fact that they, they weren't getting a lot of, uh, well, they weren't getting very much of their, their money, uh, it was cutting out the middleman in many ways as, as well. I mean, and for those who don't know, I mean, back in those days, there was... Um, 90% taxation over, you know, £20,000 a year, something like that. Um, it, 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 they were their margin, The marginal tax rates were really, really high. Well, they were paying... Um, in, in those days, you had 20 shillings to the pound, and now you get 100 pence. And if you convert it into today's money, they were paying 99 pence tax. Really, it's that much. I, I knew it was ninety. I knew there was nineteen and six in the pound. I didn't realise it was uh, even more. But anyway, that was that's the politics, the background to it, and and, and well, they set so it up. You correctly said, Mike. It wasn't the politics; it was the establishment. Because mm. you know, until the mid eighties, that situation never changed. And it's interesting, yeah, they were the first band to have their own record label. So it gave them freedom, it gave them more artistic freedom and creativity, and it freed them up uh, to an extent from the constraints of the record industry. So, so tell us, I mean, obviously they were the first band uh, to have their own record label. They also got other artists who recorded on the label, didn't they? They did. They had uh, Mary Hopkin, they had Badfinger, they had James Taylor, Eric Clapton used to perform there, Bob Dylan cut records for them, Billy Fury, the old rock and roller cut records. Uh, perhaps the most surprising track and artist that recorded for Apple was none other than Frank Sinatra. Wow. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, so what did he record for them, Nigel? Maureen, the lady is a champ for you are so beautiful. <laughs> Never heard it. Um, it was Apple One, recorded yeah. in 1968 as a special guest thing for Ringo's wife's birthday. He changed the late lyrics to the lady is a tramp, went into Hollywood, Sammy Khan, the Sammy Khan recorded it, and bang, there it was done, Apple One. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, and, you haven't and got a copy, Mike, have you? I, I don't know. Um, it's, I, worth 11, it's worth £11,500 minimum. <laughs> I think I might like to hear it first. Um, <laughs> make sure well, I like it. I'm sure I like it. I, I'm Frank Sinatra was a, 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 a real talent, so I'm sure I would like it. But also you mentioned Mary Hopkin won the Eurovision Song Con Contest, I believe discovered by Paul McCartney. And then no. Badfinger, they were brilliant, weren't they? Yes, Badfinger were a brilliant band. Um, owe an awful lot to the Beatles, um, and uh, it's hard to, you know, to sort of realise now that three of them met early deaths because of lack of payment from people that covered their songs. Which is a, a real shame. And again, that's something we talked about on uh, on that show that we did. Um, so also. There was the Apple Store, wasn't there? The Apple Shop. Cause, um... Yes, that was quite great. Now, that was the Apple Records were, first of all, based at um, 94 Baker Street, on the corner of, of right outside Baker Street Station. They had the boutique below, and they had recording studios above, offices above that. And also they had um, Robert Stigwood in there. 
So, actually, in the same building, under the same auspices, they had Cream, Eric Clapton, the Bee Gees, Jimi Hendrix, um, Jimi Hendrix Experience, all under the same auspices until Brian Epstein died. Wow. Uh, that's must, that must have been absolutely amazing. Some of the greatest talents of the 60s, all together and in one building. And possibly, and possibly the 70s, when you look mm. at it. And, mm. uh, yes, when Brian Epstein died, he died, it all fractured, but their idea was to bring everybody together. Hmm. Um, under a loose um, sort of uh, companionship, not a partnership, a companionship, and the Stones very nearly signed for Apple as well. Wow, now that would have been something too. So, and we and we all know what happened. Obviously, Brian Epstein died. Also, the Beatles split in um, 1970 on this day. Uh, but the music lives on, and 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 there's a story to be told about uh, Apple, and that's what you've aimed to do in your book. I have indeed, and what I haven't done is made it salacious. So sorry, people, if you're looking for scandal and kiss and tell, you're not going to get it. Um, those have been told, rightly and wrongly, by other people. What I was looking at was what Apple covered. The recordings, the films, the music, the publishing, the books. Did you know they had a hairdresser's? No, you know I didn't. That? Yes, I they didn't. also had a retail store, and they also had Apple tailoring, where bespoke suits were made as well. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I do remember when the clothing store shut, they uh, had queues and queues and queues because they were giving the stock away. I do remember that. Um, they were giving one item away per person, um, and the stock liquid- the store liquidated itself in a matter of minutes. I bet it did. I bet it did. So the the book um, is published by United PC. It's available on Amazon and uh, other good booksellers. Um, and, and it sounds to me like it's going to be absolutely fascinating because um, I know how much detail you go into. I know what your how wide your knowledge is of these matters. And now, before you go, I'm going to ask you, what's your favourite Beatles track? Very, very hard question. Um, I like different tracks on different days, but my favourite Beatles track is Strawberry Fields Forever. So uh, you like different ones on different days. So it's like that. If you were to ask me on a Monday, <laughs> I would say probably you know. tomorrow never knows. Probably tomorrow never knows. <laughs> tomorrow will be tomorrow never knows. Absolutely brilliant, Nigel. Best of luck with that. Happy to uh, talk about that on air. And uh, once again, it's published by United PC. It's called The Apples of Our Eyes by Nigel Pierce, And you can get it on Amazon and all good booksellers. I suspect at the moment it's uh, online sales that uh, people will need to go for. Uh, uh, all the best, Nigel. Do look after yourself, you and yours, and take care and keep safe. Yes, and the same for you, Mike. And obviously, I look forward to coming back to doing uh, not reviving, but re-enhancing Groove Britain um, when we come back. And I can tell you that we have a live interview lined up with Alan Clark, lead singer of the Hollies, when we come back. Brilliant. We'll look forward to that. Thank you, Nigel. Stay safe. And you, Mike, and everybody else there. You're doing a great job. Thank you very much. We are Future Radio. That's Future Radio presenter Nigel Pierce interviewed for his new book, The Apples of Our Eyes, already a hit on both sides of the Atlantic. This is Carol Miller from iHeartRadio in New York. See you next time on UK Radio. Stay safe.